everybody, it's Bob Claggett from I Like to Make Stuff. I'm here with David Picciuto and Jimmy Deresta, and this is episode 22 of Making It. 22. What's 22. Up, guys? Wow. It's crazy. 22. Huh? Yeah, we can drink now. We <laughs> still haven't jumped the shark, or have we? But uh, probably. But you know, that number is going to keep getting bigger every single episode. And so we probably yeah. can't keep going like, oh, wow, we finally got to one more number. But it is pretty <laughs> cool that it's 22. Anyway, well, we consider we kind of started on like a whim, you know, just like, hey, let's give this a shot. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's really, it's interesting that, you know, there's, there's enough support to keep it going. So thank you, everybody, for that. Yes, definitely. Um, speaking of support, if you guys want to help us out and get us in, for, in front of more people, uh, go to iTunes, leave us a review or a rating. That helps. Uh, actually, it helps a lot more than you would expect, which is kind of weird because it seems like it wouldn't, but it does. Uh, just the way iTunes works, kind of the more interaction you guys have with the show there, the more it pus- pushes it up in front of um, other people. So, yeah, do that and, uh, you know, pass around the episodes on Twitter and stuff. We appreciate it. Yes, very much so. Yeah. So what's everybody working on? I have, I put out a couple videos this week. One video was the 3D layered epoxy photo where um, if you haven't seen it, I, I, I take one photo and I can I turn it into two, so I cut out the background. I I paste that on into a frame. I coat that with epoxy, uh, about a quarter inch of epoxy, and then put the foreground photo on top of that and more epoxy, so it kind of has this three D look. That was a fun project. It was a cool idea. Oh, so, so that's so that's I didn't see it yet. So that's like a like a like layers of glass, so to speak. Yeah, cut out elements of a photograph. Yep. Oh, that's very cool. I, I like that effect. Yeah, but instead of glass, I'm using epoxy, and the the two layers bonded. You can't see the seam at all in there, and uh, it turned out way cooler than I thought it was going to be. And now I want hmm. to do another one with with three layers. So nice. Yeah, and then uh, a couple hours ago, I just put out another video of um, how I make money using my little button maker at craft shows. So I have a little one and a quarter inch button press. And what I do is I throw out these little pieces of paper for kids to draw and design their own buttons. And we charge their parents a dollar per button and the kids have fun and I make money and kind of a, a, a fun little, fun little thing that I do at, at my craft shows. Nice. This looks great. Thanks. You have no beard or mustache anymore. I know the, the, the first look- few, the first few <laughs> comments were like, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, I'm just getting back to the city. I just got back to the city yesterday morning from my road trip. I, I, it took considerably longer than I expected. But I mean, I was gone for two weeks, and that's sort of what I slated. I was hoping that I'd be back sooner. Um, but uh, we got stuck in the storms and through Oklahoma and Texas, and I made it through okay, thankfully. But uh, it was really, really touch and go there. It was very scary. So I got back yesterday morning, and since I'm just kind of, you know, I, I think today our subject is the hustle. And the hustle is like back in full effect. I am absolutely uh, behind in my workload. I'm behind in my videos and I'm just hustling to overuse that word, which will probably get used 60 more times this episode. I, I just back into the hustle, <laughs> ordering materials. I mean, we started the podcast late because I had to order some materials for delivery tomorrow and just getting getting right back into the groove. And uh, doing some legwork for a few videos I'm going to do. I, I posted yesterday, I'm going to, since our conversation last week about knives, um, a lot of people wrote to me and were, they were intrigued with my knife collection and my, and my uh, habit 
of spending a lot of money on knives. So I decided I'm close to 200,000 views, uh, 200,000 subscribers. So uh, I'm going to carry on my tips and tools video series, and this will be number two. So I guess every 100,000, if I continue to be that lucky, I will uh, do a tips, uh, a tools and toys video. So this will be episode two, and it's going to be mostly about my knives. And I might, I only, I don't have many watches, but I'll talk about my watches because a few people ask. So I'll mm. do my knives and watches. Yeah. So, um, and uh, so I'm just getting ready for that. And I have knives tucked in 10 different drawers in my house. So literally I was going through my sock drawer. <laughs> I was going through my filing cabinet. I was going through my, my desk drawer where I actually do my bills. I walked around the shop. I have knives tucked in toolboxes. I have knives stuck, tucked in the pockets of my car doors. and in my. <laughs> Thankfully, I did not get pulled over and searched in my travels. Because, I mean, the only thing I would have gotten in trouble for is having like 10 automatic knives in my car, uh, most of which I bought on the road, but I did have a couple with me. That would have been it. you know. The, but the, yeah, so I did not get stopped and searched. That's a good thing. I didn't get pulled over once. Yeah, 7,000 miles, I didn't get pulled over once. And uh, so that's a good thing because I did the speed limit because that's what you're supposed to do. That's right. Following the rules. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Jimmy, I'm going to steal your thunder. Now, normally you you start off the topics, but I want to start off the topic with a question for you. Yeah. Uh, So the other day I I texted you guys uh, and said, hey, you want to do a show about keeping the hustle because every once in a while i find myself losing a little bit of that hustle and i'll go through these little spurts of i'm just not as motivated as i was last week and i'm not as productive now you do all kinds of work all the time do you ever find yourself having these little these little spurts and what do you do to get that hustle back um i look at my bank account (laughs) <laughs> and I see that it's, that love that number is like losing zeros, and I get nervous. That's that's really it. I mean, I I did my bills yesterday when I got back. I sent out, you know, I think uh, it's like a club sandwich. That's what uh, the uh, kid rock says. He goes, "I got bills piled up like a club sandwich," and because I usually pay my bills when they come in. So if I get like two bills in the mail, typically like if like three or four add up and then I'll, I'll literally just mail them out as I go. But yesterday I literally wrote about 25 checks and just, cause I've been gone for two weeks and, and you know, I'm paying a couple of rents and you know, mortgage and all kinds of crazy stuff. And, uh, so when I do that, I sit down and I write 20, 22 checks and I drop them in the mailbox and I go right home and I just immediately start hitting back all my contacts and, People and I, I have a few jobs in play right now, and I have some research to do, uh, and you know to source either materials or I talked to think about uh, at Make a Fair. I talked about I'm going to be doing like a cabinet out of a truck bed, so I'm, I got to find a cool old truck bed uh, to to buy and source and figure out how I'm going to logistically get it to my my house and work on it. And um, so it's it's part of the game, and and I try and keep it fun, you know, because like the hunt for this truck bed is really fun, but it's also going to be a well paying job. So, I mean, I have a big interest in antique trucks, so it's fun for me to research and find one that I could modify and play with. And, you know, my, my hugest motivating factor is just money, you know, and making sure my bills are paid. And I mean, I'm, I'm not you know, like money. Of course, that's what we all go for is to try and make money. But just to make sure my bills are paid, everyone's put to bed. And then as far as managing clients, I just want to make sure that there's no expectations that I'm not being, that are not being met. Like, you know, what's the update for the project? When can we expect it? What materials have you chosen? So, you know, I'm going through my, all my, my flagged emails, and that's what I could do, especially after I've been on the road for two, two weeks. Every time I get an email that is important, I either flag it or I forward it 
to uh, another email that I keep. Um, that's a, no, it's, I have the worst bizarre <laughs> systems. So if it's an email that's important, I forward it to my other secret email. And that, that's all piled up with stuff from you guys and then stuff from me. You're the only, like you and one other people, you guys both and like a couple of other people, the only two people, three people that have my secret email account. And uh, it's so it's secret, all the information. Secret email all- at Jimmy Dress. <laughs> yeah. Bob and I, oops, <laughs> sorry. We, we've seen your phone. We've seen the, the email badge on your phone. It was like 50,000 oh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. So oh, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I forgot we talked about that after the podcast. Yeah. So that's crazy. Bob, you just started doing this full time. So I would have to imagine that your hustle is at like a super high peak right now. Um, it's, I don't know if it's at a peak because I've been kind of in preparation hustle for preparation H preparation hustle for <laughs> a, a very long time yes. now trying to get ready for this Wait. transition. So, um, so I, I've really kind of been in that mode for quite a while. I have, I have a lot of stuff on this topic. So okay. I could I could like just eat up the time talking about this. I love I, it. I, I mean, I need I need tips. I'm sure everybody needs tips. So I I mean, I've been looking forward to this topic for a while now. Okay. Well, I for me personally, okay, you were talking about what causes the hustle like, you know, Jimmy said money. I was thinking about that and I kind of look at it a little bit further out as just survival. So um the reason I'm hustling, the reason I am putting all this effort in planning into things is survival, both of my family and of my business as its own thing. Because, you know, my family will survive one way or another. Like this business could fall away. It could not work, whatever. I'll find another job. They will survive. That, that's a different hustle. That's a different kind of survival. So the business survival as a thing that should be self-sustained and, you know, should be growing, um, that's a different reason in my mind to put the time and the resource into it. And maybe those are the same thing, but in my mind, they, they're like different things. But the biggest um, kind of thing that helps me keep the hustle is looking at my day or looking at my month or year or whatever as a marathon. So I'm a marathon runner. And the way you train for a marathon is <clears throat> you start small and you run just a couple of miles for one day. The next day you run a mile more and then you go back down and then you take a day off and then you do a longer run and that's a week. So in my case, I'm doing like four runs a week, start small, something big at the end. But in your first week of training, it's still really low mileage. Okay. But it's 18 weeks of training. So you start with really low mileage and then four days a week, next week, everything goes up a little bit. The next week it goes up a little bit. Next week it goes up a little bit. And then after four or five weeks, you take a week where all those numbers go down. So this may be hard to visualize, but the point of it is you run uphill, the, you know, theoretically, you run uphill for a while and then you go downhill a little bit to, re- to rest and relax. And then when you start going up the sure. next hill, you go harder and you go faster and you go higher. But then eventually you take another break and you go back down a little bit and you keep doing that. And so when you train for a marathon, it's not that you all of a sudden tomorrow have to go, I have to figure out how to run 26.2 miles. It's Tomorrow, I have to run two miles, and the next day, I have to run three, you know? And so, you do these little mm-hmm. things. So, all that to say that if you miss one of your short runs, or even one of your long runs, it doesn't really affect 
the fact that you're eventually going to run this marathon, which takes every single bit of you as a human being to do. So when I look at hustle and business and life in that same thing, it's like incremental steps, small incremental steps will build up eventually to the thing that you want to get. And along the way, you're going to have to take some times where you step back down and you take a little break, you know, and it, yeah. you were talking about those, you know, those moments where you're not feeling like, yeah, I'm really going to get after it today. And those are not a bad thing. That's like a natural part of the training process to get better at something, you know, is, is running hard and then backing off, giving your body a time to rest, giving your mind a time to rest or whatever. And then you go back to it. Because if you were on all the time, if you were sprinting all the time, you would never actually be able to run a marathon because your muscles wouldn't have the chance to rest. That makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is that, is that way over-explained? Really? No. <laughs> no, no, it's a great metaphor. I mean, for me, I just did this long two-week, you know, out-of-the-shop thing. And, and the anxiety is just like overwhelming for me because the whole time I'm thinking, I'm not making money because I am not in the shop. I'm only spending money. Yeah. And, you know, it's a double whammy for, you know, someone who's self-employed. People say, oh, take a vacation. I'm like, yeah, it might only cost $1,000 to go to Tulum, but the two weeks I'm gone, I'm losing all that money of not working. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it is a difficult thing, but it is also very important. The trip I just took, I got so much visual input. You know, there's so many small little things that I thought of, you know, probably 10 germs of movies that I, that I will ultimately make. It's it just, you know, mm-hmm. I, I needed that. I really needed that. David, what are you going to do about your hustle? I have these ups and downs. And I think what I do is I just get started on the next project. And sometimes that getting started is the hardest part. We've talked about that before. But yeah. once once you really get into a meat into the meat of a new project, sometimes that excitement just hits you right in the face, and I'm like, ah. Oh. And so I finished one project, and now I'm like, ah, oh, I'm not gonna stop. I'm diving right into the next project here. So it's back in full force right now. It was just like this, you know. I just had these little lows every once in a while. I'm like, why why are they there, and what do I got to do to get rid of them? So mm-hmm. I'm, I have a question about that. So in those, if you're looking at projects in that way, is like I'm really into this one I'm on right now, but then there's a low right after it's finished or whatever the case may be. How much overlap do you have in your planning process between projects, between videos, between sponsorships or whatever? You know, how much overlap is there between two things? Is it really like finish one, now look for the next? Or No, I think sometimes... I have too many things going on in the future, right? Like, so mm. there's a couple, there's a handful of sponsored videos coming up and I didn't really schedule them. I just said, Hey, yeah, we'll, we'll do them right away. So I had a scheduling con- conflict with myself and now I kind of got overwhelmed. Like, okay, now I got to do these three project videos right now to make these three companies happy. And all of a sudden I'm not making myself happy because I'm not doing what I want to do. So um, I think I just need to schedule better, and then I won't have these little lows. I won't feel overwhelmed. Yeah, I'm feeling that that way this week, of course, because I promise people a lot of stuff, and then all of a sudden, like I, I just had this conversation with somebody a couple hours ago. And like I go, when, my friend came to New York. I said, "When are you going home?" He goes, "I'm going home in June next week." And I was like, "Wait, June is the next month? I thought there was a month between May and June." He goes, no, no, no. I, for a second, I'm like, oh, when you said June, I thought you were leaving in a month from now, like over a month from now. But in my mind, I just keep like, I put things off. Like, 
I promised somebody something and, oh, by the end of May, that's fine. And then we got a little bit of the next month. And I just realized that June is the next month. Like June is literally like after this weekend, June begins. And so now I have several things to complete or at least begin mm. so that I know that, you know, once I begin them, I know that they're already in the shoot. I've talked about that. And uh, it's, it's uh, you just got to be careful what you promise. And, and then like, you know, people are pretty understanding too. For the most part, if there's like a hard out, that's like sometimes, like for instance, you guys know I'm, I'm, I'm helping my friend with this, this poster this weekend for this book event he's doing. And that's a hard out. I can't move that. I, that's like, so that's my priority right now on my list is like the things that can't be moved. Mm-hmm. The things that have like sort of a liberal deadline or flexible deadline, I should say. Those are the things that I, that, that, you know, I could kind of move around like puzzle pieces. But when I, so I always focus on the absolute drop dead things that need to be done because- you know, they'll be delivered to an empty room if I'm not on time. So those, that's another way of handling it is like prioritize and make sure that the things that can't be late are the ones you're working on. Right. Yeah, I think that's a big so. part of it. And I'm, I'm finding, so I'm about to start doing a vlog series um, on my channel, but it's going to be very specific to like what the transition looks like doing this full time because I think a lot of people really have a lot of questions about it. But part of, in, in preparing for that, and trying to figure out like the topics and stuff that I want to cover. Part of it ha- has come to my attention how much people want your time when you're, and and maybe that's the case in everybody's life or whatever. But now it's really obvious to me how many people want uh, me to respond to an email, or, or more specifically, how much time people want to spend on the phone, which is really unproductive for me. And yeah. so you were talking about like making people happy and like, you know, making these commitments to thing. These commitments will often uh, just be thrown on top of you, you know, in addition to the ones that you actually commit to a company. You say, yes, and we're going to do this video, whatever. But then you have all these people that want you to do speaking or want you to whatever. And they don't really, they just come to you, you know, and want this stuff. And so I'm in the middle of trying to figure out how to kind of compartmentalize those things and to say like, you know, this particular video or this particular contact that I have to make is actually going to move the business forward and it's going to help me and it's going to help, like I said earlier, it's going to help the survival of the thing versus these other ones that might be fun, might be cool, but they're coming from an outside source and they don't actually really help anything. You know, they don't add any value. So all that to say, I think it's probably really important as you're trying to, to hustle toward a goal is to make sure that all this other kind of extraneous stuff doesn't get piled onto you and distract you from what you're actually chasing. Yeah. So I I listen to a lot of podcasts and I've I've talked about this one before as well, um, called back to work with Merlin Mann. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's really funny. He covers a lot of different stuff, but episode two twenty, I'll put a link to it. If it doesn't matter what you do, what industry you're in, if you deal with human beings at all, you should go listen to that episode because <laughs> I listened to it the other day. But, and it's and it's a lot about that, about people's expectations of you and like how email fits into that. And man, it's just like it's packed full of good little bits of like, you know, kind of self-realization about how much time you put into stuff that matters or doesn't matter or whatever. So that's a really good one uh, for people to listen to. But no, also you bring up a good point. About choosing stuff that's going to be potent and you know help yeah. continually move your business forward. It's so important to be conscious of that. For a while, I was having trouble saying no to a lot of things, and then after a while, when you get 
too many commitments, you you learn to say no because some things don't move the business forward. You know, some things hold you back or just take up too much of your of your time. So all good points. Yeah, and that that yeah. re- really applies outside of business as well. I mean, you know, it's easy for us to only the three of us to only talk about the things that we're into because we're all in kind of the same space. But people listening, you know, may not necessarily be dealing with the same things, but that applies to families as well. You know, like it's easy to say, I want my kids to have the experience of being a baseball player and a piano player and ballet and this and that and that and that. But the more commitments and the possibilities you have out there, if you try to like be a part of all those things, eventually you and your kids are going to run out of time and you're not going to have time to find that there's something that you really want to chase, that they're really good at music or they're really good at baseball or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't just apply to business. I mean, it's easy to get, you know, overcommitted in everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, there was, uh, you guys reminded me of something. And we talked about this like, kind of concept of like a day rate or this or that. I've, I've really tried to commit to the concept of, about two years ago, about a year and a half ago, two years ago. I, I always say yes too easily also. You, know, you talked about it, Dave. But um, I, I made a decision a couple of years ago to basically just say, if this isn't going to earn me at least fifteen to $2,000, I'm not going to bother because you spend so much time on these like small hundred dollar jobs. I mean, obviously that comes with growth and, you know, knowing the confidence and saying, I'm not going to just take anything, a couple hundred dollars or this or that. You, you got to have the confidence to know that the, the more higher paying jobs are the ones you're chasing. And, uh, you know, like I said, so as a low end, you know, I just try and only stay above a few hundred dollars and always go to at least a couple of thousand if I can. I'm always very flexible because you just don't want to say no to, you know, a simple job. Yeah, but um, you know that's that's something to also be conscientious of. Is like you know, and then also I, I'm balancing that against doing things totally for free, like you know, going and lecturing at a high school and stuff like that. And uh, you know, I think those things are extremely important too. So I've done a lot of that recently, and I really enjoy that. And when people say, "Oh, how much?" I say, "Well, just buy me lunch," and they're like, "What?" I'm like, you know, because they don't have any money either. You know, it's so uh, it's 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 definitely a balancing act when I talk when you're talking about like sharing your time and you know who to chase and the hustle and and everything yeah yeah i mean there's like um as far as value to the business yeah not not all of its money value you know there are connections and things that you can do for free for people or whatever that can be way more valuable that's such a good point than the money that you would make in that same amount of time so yeah that's why i mean i really enjoy talking to students so i'm always willing to just you know go for broke and just say yeah tell me where and when let's do it yeah. I always tell myself it can't always be about money. Sometimes it just has to be about doing something good, nice, or just, just positive. Yeah, I mean it's about investment. No, that- it's about investment. You know, if you like you were talking about students, if you're willing to invest a a partial you know, a, a portion of your time, not you can't invest all of your time, but if you freely invest a portion of your time into a group of people, whether they're your audience on YouTube or a class of students or whatever. Um, you know, you can easily see the value that's going to come out of that amount of time in that group of people. And it's going to be different from group to group, but yeah, it's really about, you know, investing your time in what's going to be a return from within a group of people or within money back to your business. And they're, you know, they both have their place for sure. What, what does hustle mean to you? The definition for me, actually, I had the wrong definition for a really long time. 
Um, I've talked about a, a book on here called Quitter um, by John Acuff. And so mm-hmm. I read that, I don't know, last year or something. And before that, I always thought of hustle as, I, I was thinking like pool hustler, someone who took advantage of a situation. And and when I, <laughs> I pause there because <laughs> it's easy for me to say, I think of a hustler as someone who takes advantage of other people. And that is usually the outcome of a pool hustling situation. But the, thing, uh, the hustle is that that person takes advantage of a situation which applies perfectly well to owning your own business or whatever. You have a situation where you have a certain set of skills, a certain opportunity to do work and make money from it. And so for you to hustle is for you to work really, really hard and take advantage of those variables, take advantage of that situation and you know use it to your benefit. So whereas I had the wrong definition of thinking it was a negative thing in the hands of a pool hustler, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. actually not that. Well, I, I, as far as hustle goes, I think uh, for me, it basically means just trying to drum up clients and drum up work and just trying to keep my business flowing, make sure that uh, you know, there's enough to keep the rent paid and the, the mortgage is paid and, and to keep going forward. The hustle just means getting new clients, new opportunities. In the last couple of years, I've done all this branding stuff, which totally was not part of my business, which is now like a big part of my business. And uh, you know, last night, I went out to dinner with a group of friends and the guy that sat next to me. He's in the liquor advertising business. I had no, I never met the guy. We just spent an hour talking about the business, how we could work together. So right there, you know, that's part of the hustle. It's just like meet, meeting people in and around through social contacts and, and social events. And, you know, if you have like interests, figure out how you could potentially help each other out. You know, I, I mean, he works at an ad agency. If he brings me in, he looks good because he found somebody that could do fun, cool stuff. I'm happy because I'm getting paid to do fun, cool stuff. So you know, and this planting those seeds everywhere. I, mm-hmm. I, uh, I have a, a, a fellow teacher at the School of Visual Arts. I don't think he teaches there anymore, although we're friendly through the internet. So that's how I actually contact and talk with him. James Victori, he's a, a very world famous graphic designer. And he just started doing a YouTube channel. So if you guys look, it's called James Victori. We'll put a link in it. And uh, he gets questions uh, all about this similar topic and, you know, how do you handle yourself at work? And I have this opportunity. I don't know what to do. So he does these like five minute videos where he answers these questions from his uh, fans around the world. And one of them was, uh, this guy said recently, he goes, I, I, I was in a, I was in a social setting and, and I felt intimidated to give my business card out. And, uh, I, I felt intimidated. I wasn't sure what I should have done. And he basically said, you have to have pride in your work. You got to be confident in your work. And it reminded me of myself because, and I even wrote it in the comments, you'll see it. No matter where I am, I get my business card out. And that's part of the hustle. That's just drumming up new people. Don't ever, don't ever be shy to hand out your business card or don't ever be you know, intimidated. No matter if, if you give it to somebody, turn around, walk away, he throws it in the garbage, who cares? At least you attempted to mm. you know, drum up a new contact or make a new contact. To answer my own question, I think of hustle as an effort towards a purpose, right? So, mm. like, I could, I could wake up in the morning and just do what I do with without much effort if I wanted to, but I'm not pushing myself. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not reaching for those goal, goals. Where I want that effort to always be there, and I want that energy to always be pushing pushing forward and, and always putting effort into it, always trying to make myself better and my end product better. Right. 
So what are some of the things that you think get in the way of that, of that pursuit? Uh, well, like I, like I said before, I think um, not scheduling myself correctly can, can get in there. Um, sometimes creating or sometimes finishing a large project, I, I kind of want to take a break for a couple days and just kind of recharge. I don't know. I, 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 think, I think it's mostly just scheduling. You know, I, I, I keep saying the word money in this topic, and I'll probably get some bad comments because uh, I probably said it one too many times. But what I've noticed with my friends and the people around me, sometimes I notice when they get a big paycheck, the hustle just like stops for like two weeks because they're like, ah, you know, they could relax. And, but then all of a sudden they realize that only paid the bills for a few weeks and that's it. Mm. And then the hustle comes back even stronger and then you're even more desperate. So like, you, you just, the point of Megan is, is, you know, even though you get like a big lump or, you know, like in my case, I've gotten a couple TV shows and I was like, oh, this is it. Now I'm going to coast. It never worked out. And I realized I learned on early on that it didn't work out. So even when we were shooting Dirty Money, I was still doing other work behind the scenes. And they're like, you really got to do this? One of the production teams, like, you, you don't you have like, aren't you? I was like, this show doesn't pay well and it's going to go away. And and it did and it didn't. So so there, I'm glad I kept my business going. Yeah. So. You know, I've seen a lot of people, you know, even get contacted by TV companies and then they're like, they're like, oh man, this is it. I'm, I'm like set. But that's just an example of where, you know, you just got to keep moving forward. Every one of these little sort of like rungs on the ladder, you know, they're not the top of the ladder. They're just a rung on the ladder. So you got to kind of remember that. That's a good point. Never, never just coast, right? Yeah. Never, well, <laughs> I mean, unless, you know, you're like Bill Gates or someone like that. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting though. I've heard that from a couple of different places that the people in the world with the most money, like the most, not a lot of money, because there are a lot of people that have a lot of money and they waste it in really stupid ways. But the people that have the most amount of money are the people who don't really spend it and they're continuing to build a business. They're continuing to do what they love and the money is just kind of the thing that comes out of it. You know, so that's that's very different than like, yeah, I just got a million dollar check from my whatever, whatever, and now I'm going to go live that life you know, for about a year until that money is blown. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's kind of along the same path of just, you know, don't, don't rest on your laurels. But for me, the reason I was asking about what gets in the way is because I was thinking before about some of the stuff that gets in my way that slows me down. Um, so (laughs) I'm trying to clean, this is a really long, dumb explanation. I'm trying to clean the pool, open my pool for the year. To clean the pool last year, I used my pressure washer, which sounds stupid, but you jump in the pool with the pressure washer and then you use it underwater to clean off the sides of the pool. Works great, right? So this year, cleaning the pool, all excited. Kids are coming home this weekend. The kid, they were out of town. And uh, I'm going to jump in there with the pressure washer and clean it. Well, the pressure washer won't start. So then I have to go through all the process of making, and I still don't have it working, but it would go through the process of like, all right, clean the carb change out the spark plug, I buy the wrong spark plug, got to go right the other spark plug, you know, get the gas, get the additive, all this stuff. I'm going Did down this. Did you use true fuel? No, <laughs> I didn't, but I saw it at the store. <laughs> so, but I, Sorry, I went I down this, I went down this whole path of like, you know, okay, this didn't work. So I have to go back a step, back a step, back a step, back a step. And now I'm at the point where I'm going to have to take apart this engine and clean everything. And all I wanted to do was clean the pool. <laughs> You know, so for me trying to be productive, I've found there's a, there's a lot of stuff like that, that is kind of preventative maintenance stuff that I should be doing to make it easier to actually do work, work when I want to do it. And 
So this past weekend, I spent a lot of time in my shop and in my office cleaning and organizing and all that. So I was, and we kind of talked about this stuff on the organization episode, but I think it's really important, at least for my personality type, to, to create some systems like in your workflow to get them in place so that the stuff that has to be done for you to do work is just done. Like it's just always there. And you don't have to figure out like, oh, well now how do I make this microphone work? Because I have to shoot a video, you know, the microphones work because I already know that I have to buy lots of nine volt batteries every time I buy batteries, you know, the camera (laughs) has a battery in it because I bought two batteries so that I had a backup, you know, stuff like that. So whatever your particular thing is that you do, there's got to be some redundancies and some systems that you can place put in place to just make it easier to do the thing that you want, you know? And for me, that makes stuff smoother and it makes stuff more productive and it makes it easier to actually work, you know? There's, uh, there's one simple word that my dad pounded in my head and, and everybody that's ever worked with my dad, my dad's had lots of assistants over the years that have left, you know, crying because they didn't work out. <laughs> but uh, my dad's always been sort of like, my dad was a New York City fireman for 30 years, but he always was a, a handyman and, and a carpenter. And we built houses when I was younger. He was basically just like a guy with a truck that could do whatever you needed him to do for a day's pay. And uh, he would get put on long jobs at a time. And he had, if he did a long job, he went through a lot of my friends as assistants. And a couple of them he really loves to this day. Like he wants to clean his yard up. And he's like, you think John's still available? And this is a guy he used 25 years ago. I was like, get in touch with him. <laughs> but the point I'm making is my dad said, ever since I was a little kid, he always said the word anticipate anticipate my moves as you know, mm. if we were assisting him anticipate my moves. But he basically meant that for everything anticipate. If you know, you're going to wake up and the first thing you got to do is you got to order the plywood so that when you get to the job, the truck is there with the job, whatever it is. So that's Bob, what you're saying is anticipate, anticipate that, you know, when the spring comes, I'm going to have to start my chainsaw, my gas mower, my, this, my Harley, my, this, all these things. You know, I have, I'm in the same boat where I have like all these, these tools and toys sitting in my, my backyard upstate. And every spring, I have to use them at one point, but I don't need them through the dead of winter. So, yeah, you know, I got to make sure that they, they have the proper, you know, stuff in there and keep them for the winter. And so I'm anticipating that in the spring, in 10 months from now, I might actually need that tool. And I've gone through it where you take things apart and you're just like, now I'm spending my, I'm only upstate for two days a week. I'm spending half of one day trying to figure out how to get this damn tool started. So, I mean, that's just a, a similar example I can relate to. To, but when it comes to anticipate, I just spent time on the phone ordering materials for a job that I have to do that's due in July. So it's just anticipating and managing your time and knowing instead of saying, okay, that job's due in July. Then you call the company in July and you say, I need the special material. And they're like, oh, won't be available for three weeks. And you're like, what? And then, you know, then you get a call and, you know, and then your expectations aren't being met with your clients. So anticipate. Yeah. And that dad. ties in a lot to what you were saying, uh, David, about scheduling. I mean, that. Those, those two things play together a lot, you know. Um, yeah. The only other thing that I, I kind of wrote down thinking about this was, and it's kind of along the same idea, really, but find the recurring problems. Like the, any, any recurring event or thing that you have to do before you can do your work, figure out what that is and figure out how to get rid of it. Or get really good at it, you know, so that you can... You know, whatever the thing is, if it's cleaning, if it's sweeping the shop so that you don't track it through the house or whatever, you know, just find those things that you have to do a lot and figure out how to get rid of them. I, yeah. I find a big part of the hustle too. I'm looking around my desk. A big part of the hustle is making lists. I'm constantly making little lists 
and uh, you know, crossing things off that list. It's it's really nice to to, to you know contacted this one, bought this material, finished this job, made that video. So it's really uh, you get the satisfaction it's, it's, of, it's, of crossing that out. Oh, totally. I, I even, you know, I think we talked about this. I write things down and then I cross them out, even though I know it's done already. So I could see the crossed out thing on the list. So I know how many things I've accomplished in a period. And I say, okay, so this week I got these many things done and that's video. And this is, and then, you know, there's open things I have to address. And uh, that's a big part of hustling is just keeping an open list and knowing where you're going and mm-hmm. where you need to go. It's, uh, like I said, a big part of it is just keeping everyone's expectations met and current so they know what's coming next. Cool. I mean, well, that being said, I think, you know, we, uh, that being said, sorry to interrupt, but is, you know, there are totally times where I'm just like, I get tired of this. And I, I, I even talked about when I went and took the toy job for six months because I just got tired of the hustle. And as soon as I was done with those six months, I was like, I am so happy to get back to this, you know, air quotes hustle because it's so much more rewarding to just dig and dive and grind and make friends and make new clients and, yeah. So everybody yeah, needs I mean, a break, but it's nice to get back. Yeah, you you do need that break. And you have to be able to schedule that in and like give yourself some grace to be able to like, you know, I need to decompress. I need to not work for a little while so that I can work better. I mean, like I'm a dad and sometimes you have to not be a dad for a little while so that you can be a good dad when you need to be, you know, and, uh, you know, that applies to everything, I think. So well, that's probably a good place to stop before we get to like all up in my head about dad stuff before before we get to all the end stuff and maybe you're going to bring this up bob but if not make magazine posted the video oh yeah of yeah. all three of us speaking at maker right. fair so we will have a link down below it was it was really good i uh the the night that it got posted i think it was like last saturday or something and, and hanging out my, with my wife and we we're getting ready to watch a movie and i bring up youtube on the tv i'm like I just want to watch the first couple of minutes of it. And we ended up watching the, <laughs> the, the full hour <laughs> nice. instead of watching the movie. And it was, it was, was fun. it good? I didn't, it was I didn't really watch good. the whole thing. I, I think it went really well. Yeah. Cool. Good. I haven't watched it either. I need to do that. Yeah. Right on. Some nice, I've gotten some nice compliments through Twitter and then also through email on it. So that's cool. Good. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. So you guys go check it out. It's on the Make Magazine channel. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. I want to thank Luis Gonzalez and Rick Rhodes for being our top patrons on Patreon. And also uh, Dale Nimmo for a donation this week. That was awesome. Thank you, Dale. Thank you. And uh, everybody that supports us on Patreon, we really appreciate you guys. If uh, anybody listening wants to help the show, patreon.com slash making it is the awesome way for you to do that. And uh, we love those guys over there. So thanks. Where can we find out about everybody? You can find me at drunkenwoodworker.com, and that has my blog, links to all my social medias, and, and everything I do. JimmyDeresta.com, and then my shop is up and running, so if anybody wants to buy a t-shirt. And I'm actually talking with some manufacturers of making some like custom tools. So like my, my razor knife that I constantly uh, advocate for, I'm going to make one with my name on it, and then uh, doing some research for the ice pick. So that's coming up soon. <laughs> oh, man. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Well, my stuff is at iliketomakestuff.com. And yeah, that'll do it for this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thank you, everybody.